Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 131 of the Restoring Report podcast. We're super excited for the content we got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And today we're going to be reviewing a video by Jordan Peterson. What a shocker there. I'm sure you guys are starting to get tired of his work. Maybe if you don't like him, if you do like him, you're probably really excited that we're doing a lot of his work. But so much of what he's saying right now is directly in line with the show that I'm curious to see what he says in this video. And again, it is a very raw topic for many people. The title is you should submit to your spouse. And I hope he's going to go through why, how submission has been uh, perverted in a lot, in many senses in the modern culture and how it has been abused by tyrannical people and how it has also been, um, you know, demonized by people who simply want to be able to do whatever they want, uh, without thought for their, their, their spouse. So I hope he's going to give both of those, uh, perspectives and I hope he's going to explain the reactionaryism in both of those perspectives as we get into it. Knowing Jordan Peterson, I think he will do just that. So I'm excited for this video. You will bear with me. I hope, um, today as well as in the next episode, uh, because my voice is kind of struggling. As a teacher, you encounter that a lot. You go through a lot of, you're exposed to a lot of sickness, not necessarily any sickness with a name, just sickness, just snot and coughing. And, uh, just kids are, kids are, have a lot of stuff going on all the time because they're building their little immune systems up. But the throwing, you know, 730 of them in a building doesn't help matters. Um, so you're exposed to a lot of sickness. So bear with me this week, but without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Why is the idea of submission of a woman to a man in the context of a marriage socially repulsive? Uh, well, I think it's because it's, it's, first of all, distinguishing between submission and involuntary mm. slavery isn't simple. And the word submission has connotations of involuntary slavery. And if you believe that involuntary slavery is wrong, then insofar as submission indicates that, it's also wrong. 
I also think that it's an inelegant way of conceptualizing the relationship. So I was writing about this today. So the, this is quite interesting. So in the second chapter of Genesis, Adam is characterized as, in part, as the spirit that conceptualizes and perceives categories. So he names the animals. He names the, 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 the distinguishable creations of God. He applies conceptual order to them. So God gives, or Adam gives the animals the names. And so that's the construction of an epistemology, let's say a, a conceptual representation of an underlying reality. That's Adam's domain. Now, as soon as that's announced in the story, Another announcement takes place, and that is that Adam, who's characterized in this manner, lacks, he's, he's lacking a partner. So the mere ability to impose order in that manner, let's say with verbal categorization, is insufficient. And as soon as it's announced as the domain of Adam, then his lack of a counterpart is in, instantly brought into the story. And the term for his desirable counterpart in the King James Version is help meet. And that's a, an, an English, an archaic English translation of a Hebrew word, and a, a phrase which I can't remember at the moment. It's ezer, and then there's another it's word. It's ezer connecto. But it means something. And I am shocked that I know something that Jordan Peterson does not. Uh, but so far, I think he's just setting up his argument. He hasn't really argued anything. He hasn't even really talked about the word submission. He's just setting up his um, his 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 foundation for his argument. Something I would bring up to you guys, though, is that that word as air connecto is actually used more often than not to refer to God, not woman. Hi, guys. This is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of people don't know that, but oftentimes the word helpmeet or helper or whatever translation you have, there might be a different word in your English Bible, but that word in the original Greek is used more often to refer to God than it is to woman. So it is not some sort of, uh, submersive or uh, sub, sub, sub less than version of a man, because here we have that word being used to refer to God. It is a helper in times where you find yourself without what you need alone. It is a, that word, Azer, Azer Connecto, is referring to some something or someone else external to yourself that is coming and giving you something that you need and cannot go without on your own. That's how I would describe it. And that, that is in no way um, beneath that help meet is not, cannot be, trans, should not be translated as somebody who is only there to provide help in the way you see fit. That word cannot be translated in any way that undervalues the helper. Because again, that word is used um, in scripture to refer to God for the Hebrew people many times in the Old Testament. Moving on. Like beneficial adversary. And Ezer actually has the connotation of warrior as well, which I just discovered today. So... In the Old Testament, for example, the military powers 
upon whom Israel calls to aid them in times of battle are described with the word Ezer. And so the application of the word Ezer to Adam's helpmeet is the attribution of something like the spirit of the warrior to the woman. And so, and then this idea of beneficial adversary, I, I was talking to Ben Shapiro about, about this issue, and he was the one who told me that the Hebrew from which the word helpmeet was derived means something closer mm. to beneficial adversary. And I've been thinking about this a lot. For those of you who don't know, um, hey, Reagan. He talks a lot about, in the past, Jordan Peterson has given the principle of having somebody you can contend with in the context of a marriage and a romantic relationship, having somebody who can provide you with some resistance so that you might be better able to move forward. And it gives the example, um, and I'm going to do it now, but only our subscribers will be able to see through their video platform of pushing your hand, putting your fist against your hand in sort of the classic Kung Fu pose. And you're able to, if you move your hands from left to right while doing that, as I'm doing now, you are able to move in a much more steady way than you are if you were to simply hold up one hand and move as steady as you could across your field of vision. You might be able to move steady, sure, alone, but you are able to move much, much, much more steady with the presence of somebody to provide you with some resistance. And um, if you're subscribed to the show, by the way, guys, you can get on Spotify and have a video version of all the podcasts that we put out for subscribers. And you can see me talking to you now um, and giving you visual examples like that. Um, but I hope you guys um, consider that if you're interested in supporting the show that you care about. It would be greatly appreciated. And again, all you have to do to do that is go to the link in the show notes and click the button that says subscribe to the show. It's four ninety nine a month. For many of you, that's not going to make or break you. So moving on, he's giving an ad. So uh, something that I do like about Jordan Peterson is that he does not give a lot of clarifiers. And that's something that I do and I've seen a lot of speakers do. And I can tell you why they do it. It's because they are people pleasers and they don't want to rub people the wrong way. And often when they're talking about controversial topics or issues that are very sensitive for people like submission, uh, they're going to give a lot of clarifiers. They're going to say, no, I don't mean this and I don't mean this and I don't mean this. Um, and I you know, that's all, that's all well and good. But in the end, if you end up giving too many clarifiers, you, you totally like circumnavigate your point and you have no thesis of your argument. You're just sort of wandering around trying not to offend anybody. And um, Jordan Peterson is very good at that. He just says what he thinks and you can take from it what you will. Hi guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings, okay? So lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs $5 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen listen to. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. But he's also very sensitive to, I like the sensitivity to people and their, their history and their experience, but also being also understanding that you cannot please everybody is something that he understands. So 
Without further ado, though, the ad is over. He's finished his ad, so we'll go ahead and get back to Jordan Peterson here. So imagine you're playing a game. Okay, so let's try to figure out what a game is first. And one of the things that characterizes a game is you want to play it, right? If, it, if it's a game, it has to be voluntary. You have to have signed up for it. And so that's useful. If, if it's enforced, hmm. if you have to play it, it's not a game. Yeah. It's certainly not a good game. But so voluntary participation is the indicator of a good game. And then you might say, well, what's a good game apart from that? And you might say, well, it's a good game if I can win. And that seems obvious because what I have to do if you're playing a game generally is to win. And so then you might think, well, that's the point of the game. And, uh, but then you might think, well, if that's the point of the game, when you set up a game, like let's say you're playing chess, you want to find someone who's never played chess in their life and you just want to kick the hell out of them. And you might object, well, that wouldn't be any fun. And that's pretty interesting, because if the point of the game is the victory, then why not set yourself up with an mm. opponent that you can just stomp, and then you win. And it also doesn't even require much mm. effort, so so much the better. But everyone knows that's not desirable. It's not any fun. It's not a good game. And so what do you need for the game to be good? And... So then imagine instead that you're playing something like one-on-one -on -one basketball and you could pick your opponent, your optimal opponent. And you might think, well, who would my optimum, optimal opponent be? And we know the answer to that. We know what people will pick if you give them the, the opportunity and what they will generally pick. Oh, here's a, a side example. Parents speak to their young children at a level that slightly exceeds their current level of comprehension. They do that without even knowing they're doing it. And they do that because they want the child to understand what's being communicated, but at the same time, they want to facilitate the development of the child's ability to communicate. So they, when they communicate to their children, they, they push them to the edge of their capacity for comprehension. Uh, the Russian psychologist, Vygotsky, Gotsky called that the zone of proximal development. I was just about to say that. The optimal zone of the acquisition of skill. That's, I believe, where our notion of in the zone comes from. And what that means is I actually had to study that in school, um, the zone of proximal development, which, by the way, I would not recommend um, my schooling experience to everybody. But <clears throat> when we studied the zone of proximal de development, it was... The level at which a child could achieve with the help of a adult, somebody experienced, it was what they could do with somebody versus what they could do without somebody. The zone of proximal development was what they were capable of achieving beyond what they would be capable of achieving alone when they had an adult, which is a very interesting concept in the con in the conversation of submission as well. Um, you know, you guys might not know this, but. You're capable of achieving more than you can alone when you have somebody who's more seasoned than yourself in your ear, which is a concept that we've talked about many times through mentoring on the show before. Um, and I would recommend all of you have a mentor, regardless of what season of life you're in, life you're in particularly though when you're um, young and you're, you're going through a lot of foundational things that many people go through when they're building a life. You need a mentor. That's what I would say. So again, zone of proximal development, what you're capable of achieving with the help of a seasoned and experienced other. And 
if you're playing a good game, you're in the zone. And to be, and that's where you're transforming optimally. You're developing more and more skills. So you have a shot at winning the particular game, but while you're attempting to win the particular game, you're expanding the domain of skill that makes you a skilled player in that game. And to do that, you need a beneficial adversary. And a beneficial adversary is someone who's matched against you at approximately or slightly exceeding your current level of skill. All right, guys, that is where we are going to wrap up this week's episode, this today's episode. If you'd like to catch the rest of the video and my reaction to Jordan Peterson's video, come back next time we have an episode and you'll be able to catch that there. Again, we are breaking this episode into two parts so that you can catch both you can catch both the first half now and the second half later so i hope you guys come back for that in the meantime if you guys have enjoyed the episode so far and have enjoyed the content we produce reach out and let us know what you thought of it through the link in the show notes you can send us a personalized audio voice message giving us questions comments or feedback letting us know what you think it makes us feel super connected to our audience and it makes the podcasting system two-way again you can do so through the link in the show notes just hit the link and then you can record a message in your own voice you can also follow the restoring report podcast on facebook and Instagram if you're interested in the content we post there as well. Thank you guys so much for listening today and we will talk to you next time.